seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's pray for its blessing together. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we know the wonder of the empty tomb, of the Mary's going and, and seeing the stone rolled away, of guards so afraid they shook and became like dead men, uh, of the angel's announcement, he is not re- here for he has risen, just as he said, go and tell it. Behold, you have seen it, now go, I've told you. And so Lord, we, we rejoice in it, we, we love to hear it. From each of the gospel accounts, Lord, we marvel in it. But Father, we know our temptation this morning. That it becomes just another one of those highlights of a church calendar. And we struggle to make connection to what does it mean? And what does it look like? And so, Lord, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our spirit would be pleasing to you. That as the gospel is proclaimed, Father, it would fall on hearts, Lord, ready to be shaped and changed by you in every way. And so, Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation beloved of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, if then you have been raised with Christ. That if is a big word for us to consider on Easter, even though it's only two letters long. And if we're honest, we don't love the word if. I mean, for most of us, we would rather hear something far more confident, far more assured, far more this is what it is. We want to hear is, not if. We'd rather hear plain statements about what Jesus has done what has been accomplished. It's our love in this day of words like Paul's in Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast. That's an if. That's the reality. That is what he has done. And so as we have looked on Friday now to Sunday, death comes before resurrection. And so too for us, the call is the same. We were dead and Christ came to make us alive. He does that in his death because we have died in him, which means we will also live with him. If. And that's the wonder that we proclaim on Easter. It is a word that means everything today. 
Because as we looked at on Friday, there is no if in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is the great indicative. It is the declaration of what Jesus Christ has done for his elect. Those things are sure to be. It highlights for us the need, the importance of union with Christ. That we as his people, those who have died with him and who now live with him, completely identify with him in all things and place our faith only and wholly in him. If. If you have been raised with Christ. You see, brothers and sisters, no one in this place must leave here this morning with an if. Because if speaks, I don't know it. If speaks, it might not be mine. If speaks, I'm not assured. Not if Christ for me, Christ died for me. Not if Christ has risen, Christ is risen. We confess not just that he is risen indeed, but that we are risen indeed. And that's where this word has to land this morning. Not an if this is for me, but this is my bold confession. This is my belief. This is my assurance. This is my life. Why that word if is so important. Because Easter isn't just about the what's. About the gospel accounts. About the empty tomb. About all of the details and all of the environment. Though it is not less than that. But it's about the so what. Because the way that if should operate today is this. If all of this is true. His death and resurrection. If that is true, it demands a response of faith by way of grace. There's no other alternative. There is no other call. That if I have been raised with Christ, I'm to make my calling and election sure in thanksgiving and gratitude for what's been afforded to me in the Son's great love and gift. And so leave no room for if this morning. But a bold confession that we take is our theme this morning. I have been raised with Christ. And I am to live in him now and thank for his glorious grace. As one called to seek and to set and to see. And we'll see those words come out in our text. But again, don't pass over that if so quickly. If you have not examined first your life in the Lord this day. If then you have been raised with Christ, remove any doubt that this is what is yours in Christ Jesus. Because if you remain in your trespasses and sins, if you continue to live a life of sin and darkness and brokenness, then there is no if of what might happen. What will happen is death now and always just destruction forever and separation from the goodness and blessing of God. 
That is the reality we must be faced with every Sunday. But certainly this day when we speak of life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the good news of this day, of being found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own, because I've died with him, and because I've died with him, I now live with him, and I might rejoice in the life that is afforded to me in him. But as those who have now been raised with Christ, we long for more. That as awesome as this is, to have been raised with Christ spiritually, we know more. We have a ruler in heaven for us. Our flesh in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We are found in him. And as we gather together with all of the saints this morning, that's what is ours. What has been afforded to us is worship in his presence. Even as we wait for the fullness of that rising and new life. But don't lose sight of what is yours as one raised with Christ this morning. I now share in his death. I now share in his resurrection. And so the life that I now live, I live by faith in that one who loved me and gave himself for me. I live that now. And so that shouldn't just be our yearning on Easter to, to show forth that. But every day, that is who I share in. That is who I am found in. And so I give myself to be directed to that, to him and to him only and wholly. And so what is the call of that? If this has been made yours, if this is your confession, then you are to give yourself to what? Seek the things that are above. That to seek something is to what? I desire to have it. That you're seeking that thing that you've lost in your house. That stuffed animal that your child will not sleep without until you have it. You seek and make diligent search. You will turn the house upside down because I need that thing. Seek the things that are above. I want to have it. I want to experience it. And so what Paul is issuing here for us this morning is the most extreme call to focus on the basis of what? You have been raised. All of your being to be directed to that one singular thing, and that is Christ, and all of the things that he's done, and all the things that he has promised, and all the ways in which he rules now and will do so forever. You give yourself to it. All your concern given to the things of heaven and of the realities of eternal life now, to things unseen that are eternal, to that which you long to possess in full. That's what we seek. A one-track mind, a one-track heart, a one-track soul, a one-track strength. Because I am with Christ. And so I seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Because my life isn't mine. Because a Lord and a King rules at the right hand of God. 
that I cannot separate my joy today from the joy of Christ's ascension. He is ruling and reigning now, and we are with him. And he is with us, and he is for us, and he continues to direct the way that we will live for him. It's why we seek the things of his kingdom and his righteousness. We seek the things that point us to the last day and the final victory that we share with him. And we can seek them on the basis that Christ has done just as he said. And because of that, we await the final victory promised in his session. And we do so until that day where every enemy of Christ will be made his footstool. That we long for the day in Hebrews 10, verses 12 and 13. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. And we are a part of that kingdom advance. That is what life in Christ is all about. That's what we wait for, even as we actively seek him and the wonder of his rule and reign in all things. That what we seek is ours in promised victory. If you have been raised with Christ. So I ask you to consider your life this morning. To examine your heart this morning. What are you seeking? What does your life give testimony that your life in Christ is all about? Because maybe it's not in Christ yet. What are you seeking? And if you say, Pastor, I, I'm not seeking him. I'm not seeking his face. I, I'm not seeking to have my life found under the authority in every way of Christ and his word. Then repent. Forgiveness is found at the cross. His victory is assured. It's accomplished. So come again, repent, and turn away from those sins, and then seek him. Because his promise is what? If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. It's his promise when you seek after him with all that you are. Be called to seek him in that way. That's the benefit of Christ's resurrection. But another benefit is that you are called to set in that in the second place. Because if you then, you have been raised with Christ, what you seek after is going to be different. Noticeably different. Asked about different. And what you fix yourself on and find assurance in will not be of this world either. So look again at verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above. Keep dwelling on those promises. That those things you set in your planner that cannot be erased and cannot be changed and cannot be compromised, set. Set the date, set the time, set your life on the sure promises of God. Keep setting yourself there. Keep thinking about them. Keep fixing your attention on the right things, the best things, the beautiful things, the most noble things, the most glorious things. For it is Christ's call upon you in the life that he has given you. It's the apostle's call here. 
in the light of the wonder of Christ's resurrection, you are called to what? Great effort and great diligence. Not to earn salvation. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. It is finished. He has done all the work. There is no more sacrifice for your sins. But great diligence and effort in what? Staying living out the life that he has granted to you. But why does this call to come or to set come immediately after the call to seek? Aren't they the same thing? You see, it's because of how great the temptation is to settle for less than what God has given. Because he's given us more in his son. That temptation to find our life in the stuff of the world rather than in the Savior of the world. Man, I wish I had that. I wish I could go there. I wish I could do those things. It is the sorrow of the temptation of every spring break week. God, you haven't given me enough. You haven't done for me enough. You haven't provided for me enough. Stuff of this world, I take care of birds. I take care of grass. so easy one walks through the grocery store or through the mall the temptation is there one click and another ad not on things of the earth it is why paul reiterates it not on things that are on earth That is the temptation even today. We know that he loves us. We know that he saves us. We know that he promises us abundant life now and forever. But then we take our eyes off Christ, off the prize, off the promise, and we start looking at a world of ease and blessing, all of it that glitters. And so we lose that sharp, that razor focus on what Christ has promised us instead. Set yourself. All I have is Christ. All I am is Christ. All my life is Christ. For I know what the end of a life given to focus on the things of the world lives to. But more, I know what setting my mind on Christ and things above brings to. It brings anticipation. Paul says in Philippians 3, their end Those who focus on those things is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship, it was beautiful how the children sang that this morning. Children of God, that is what we are. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, that isn't just something helpful. Oh, I don't have to worry about the world anymore because I have... No, this is the reality of our current state and calling. For you have died, verse 3, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You've died. And now if we have died with Christ, Romans 6, 8, we believe that we will also live with him. That's our promise and hope. But that life isn't yours anymore. And it's not to be lived held in bondage to what it was in bondage to before. 
Romans 6, verse 2. How can we who died to sin still live in it? That's the shocker when we claim Christ and. We talked about that on Friday. You can't have both. We cannot. We must not. This isn't what we've been given life for, to set our minds and lives to the pursuit of sin and brokenness. No, I died to that, that I might live to God. I've set my mind on things above where Christ is and not earthly things because he's given to me something which is far better, which, as Paul writes, is a better rest and refuge hidden with Christ in God. That's your assurance today. I'm hidden. That what people should see is not me, but Christ. That I'm full, holy, found in Him. A life bound up in Christ. A life secure in Him. Because I know nothing is able to separate me from His love. Your life is hidden, in the, and the beauty of this word is as though you have found safe harbor. As though you have been fully embraced. Hidden in the safest of places. It's the wonder of amazing grace. Your eyes are open to the realities of the now. Ones that the world cannot see. And as much as we want to see it for them and plead it for them, as we long for it, we can't, we can't make them see. In the word preached this morning, I cannot make them see. And even for us, we see in a mirror dimly. Some things are still hidden to us. But later we will see face to face. If you have been raised with Christ, you are made able to see cosmic and saving realities by way of his life and spirit. That too comes to you by way of the power of his resurrection.
It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. If he does not die, if he is not raised, if he does not ascend, then that Spirit is not sent into us that we might have that kind of sight. You see, by way of Christ's resurrection, new life in Christ. You see that new heart in you. You see that restored purpose. You see that way of walking in Him and living for Him. Your eyes are open to the wonder of what is coming. And what a blessing that is. It says in our catechism, even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy, So after this life, I will have perfect blessedness such as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has ever imagined, a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. We long to see it. That as awesome as Easter is, I can't wait for that last resurrection day. It's why we seek and we set so that we would see by grace alone, through the eyes of faith alone, all that God is preparing for us. And in that day, we will see it. Is that your rejoicing today? Don't just settle for today. Long for what is to come. So much more is to come. It's the wrestle of the joy of 1 John 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And Paul reminds us, we will see Jesus, verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears. He's coming again. The words are expanded in 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christian, Christ is your life now. I have been raised with Christ. In relationship with Him, in union with Him, you have every blessing. Be encouraged in that. He is the life and the source of your life now and forever. He gives your life meaning and purpose. In Him is your life without end. And He appears and will appear to work salvation and the new life we celebrate on that resurrection day to come where you will do more than just see him, you will be with him. Then you also will appear with him in glory. Because that's his desire. What you see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, it's glory. That's why Paul can say to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I long for that glory. 
And that God wants you to see and experience the fullness of His glory that He has prepared for His saints. It's what Jesus prays in John 17. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundations of the world. You will appear with Him in glory. Is that the longing to see it more? to see it more and more and more, and to give yourself to the pursuit of that, that all you have and hope to be is Christ, and that because you know you will see him and know him and love him forever, I want to be to the praise of your glorious grace in all things. To receive that crown when the chief shepherd appears and throw it at the feet of my Savior. If you have been raised with Christ. Because as awesome as that is, and as glorious as that is, if you have not died with Christ and have been raised with him, there is no hope of glory. Do you see your need for Christ? Does your life show forth a desire to seek him Above all else, is your assurance set firmly in that which he has done and he has provided? Is your life set fully in your hideaway? And you might be sitting there saying, I can do that later. Maybe you're sitting there having fooled everyone else but the Lord. But when he appears, everything will be seen as it is. So repent and believe the good news. And if you've been made to be raised up with Christ, what you're simply called to today by grace alone, through faith alone in Him, is to abide in Him. What a blessing. There's nothing else. Abide in Christ. Resurrection power brings you out of yourself that you would find all of your life in him. So abide in him. First John 2, and now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Abide in him. Abiding in Christ is living out of the joy of union with him. If you have been raised with Christ. This morning, do not leave this place with an if. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again for me. Make it your confession. And if this is what you've believed, You've died, you've been raised, and he is coming again. So don't wait to abide in him. That starts now. So in your Easter celebrations, in every moment of every day, seek him. Set your heart firmly upon him and see in his word by the power of the Holy Spirit the life that is yours now and forever in him. No ifs about it. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth and the comfort of the gospel.
for its call upon us, to the wonder of what has been promised to us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One that we will seek and find. One that we set ourselves upon and whom we are hidden in. One who we see now as in a mirror dimly and then face to face. All of it by way of the exercise of resurrection power and glory. And Lord, we're longing for that last day. We're going to talk about it tonight and hear it proclaimed tonight. But Lord, let it be our cry our joy, our wonder in this day, that we will be raised, that we will be brought into the new heavens and new earth, and that before your throne, we will not shrink away, but we will be found in the blessing of Christ. Lord, work that word in us. Grant us that desire together in thanksgiving, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.